Hello, and welcome to Reed Scholars Live. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Fleming, current president of Reed Scholars. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Marsha McDougall, who is a food and lifestyle blogger and breast cancer survivor. Hi, welcome. How are you? Hello, I am doing well. How are you? Good. I'm so excited that you agreed to be part of our breast cancer awareness uh, series. So I'm excited to learn a little bit more about you and your journey. Um, how does how does today find you? Good. I am actually in um, Nashville, Tennessee. So the weather is pleasant. It's a little rainy today, but um, the weather's pleasant. I'm doing well. So all is good. Good. So I usually like to start just learning a little bit more about you as a person before we dive into the subject area. So tell us just a little bit about your um, your family, your um, what you do as far as blogging, and, and then we'll kind of go from there. Sure. Well, like I just said, I'm a Nashville, Tennessee native. Um, I'm a wife. Um, me and my husband have been married almost 11 years. Wow. And um, let me make sure that's, yeah, 11 years. <laughs> Once you get so many years, it's just like we've been married a long time. Um, we have two kids. I have a son and a daughter, and I'm currently pregnant. So I have another baby that's on the way that'll be here in a couple of months. So um, currently pregnant, I am a food and lifestyle blogger. So I love sharing um, healthy-ish. I like to say healthy-ish because sometimes I kind of dip into just like, you know, the good stuff, but um, healthy-ish recipes on my blog and my YouTube channel. Um, so I'm also a YouTuber and, um, and yeah, so I, I'm also um, a yoga, uh, certified yoga teacher. So I received my yoga certification in 2018. So I also teach yoga. So yeah, I'm just, you know, I just really love, you know, um, health and wellness. Um, that's something that I've really kind of just dived into within the last couple of years. And uh, yeah, and I've full-time mom, basically. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's amazing. You, <laughs> I don't know how you keep up with all those moving parts, but I love it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, in thinking about um, this series, um, you have been very open and honest about your journey um, and with your initial diagnosis with breast cancer and how, um, you know, you responded and, and then, you know, the, your treatment and uh, of course going through it with your mom at the same time so take us back um you know to a few years ago uh when you received the the diagnosis and kind of that initial process if you will about learning what you know what it was and then what to do from there sure so um back in 2016 so 2016 i was 32 years old and i was actually pregnant with my, uh, with my second child, my daughter. And uh, my story actually starts off a few months before I found out I had breast cancer. Um, so it starts with my mom being diagnosed with breast cancer. So she was diagnosed with breast cancer about three months before I was. And uh, once she finally told me, she waited a while because mm -hmm. I was pregnant and she yeah. didn't want me to, you know, go into early labor. So she waited until after I delivered. 
told me she had just been diagnosed and she was starting treatments. And, um, you know, of course that was, you know, very heartbreaking for the entire family, but we knew my mom, you know, was strong and she would be able to, you know, fight through it. Um, you know, we were all, you know, praying for her. So after I had the baby, I went to my six week checkup with my doctor. I know you're a doctor. <laughs> my six week checkup um, for her to, you know, check and make sure everything was okay, you know, after you, especially after you have a C-section. And so while I was there, it's my OBGYN. I said, hey, while I'm here, I just found out that my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, you know, even though I'm 32, should I be concerned? Is there anything I need to do to get checked? Should I go ahead and get a mammogram? Um, as you know, they really don't like doing mammograms until you get 40. But since my mom was di just diagnosed, I felt like I should ask. And my doctor at the time told me no. Um, she said that number one, because my mom had gotten breast cancer later in life, um, and you may be able to speak to this more, but since my mom had got breast cancer later in life, and since I was in my 30s and I was still young, that I didn't have anything to be concerned about and that I didn't need a, a mammogram at the time. Um, I would just keep coming in for my annual checkups. I said, okay. So I kind of felt relieved. Um, you know, that is the doctor, she knows best. And so I went about my day. And so about three to four weeks after that appointment, I am breastfeeding my daughter. And while I'm breastfeeding, I feel a lump in my breast. Um, and, you know, immediately I'm just like, cause it's a nice solid size. It's not small. So, you know, of course my mom, my mind went to my mom, but I was like, I was just at the doctor. It can't be that, but I went in anyway. And I went and had it checked out and, um, I actually went to my, uh, primary care physician first to get it checked out. And they're the ones who actually sent me to, um, to actually have more tests done. They're like, oh, it could be like a cyst, but we're not sure. So I uh, went and had an ultrasound. I went and had a mammogram. And then based off of those two, they said, yeah, I think we're gonna have to biopsy, do a biopsy just to make sure. So um, I uh, had the biopsy done. It just so happens, Mary, that I had a trip planned the exact same time that this was all going on. It was to Disney World. You know, when you plan a trip to Disney World, it's a big deal. Yes, <laughs> it is an so, event. You, know, you, can't, <laughs> you can't really, you know, uh, cancel that trip. So it was a big trip with my entire family and we were, you know, headed out. So they said the results are going to come in while you're at your trip. Is it okay? Should we call you? Should we wait to get back? I said, no, just go ahead and call me because I just... I won't be able to rest <laughs> until I know. I don't want to just wait until I get back. So I went on my trip to Disney World, get the call, and they um, they tell me I'm so sorry, but the biopsy came back that it is, you know, um, cancer, and it's stage two, triple negative. And so, you know, um, triple negative is more aggressive as a more aggressive type of cancer. So I'm, you know, devastated. Um, you know, I was a little, I was a little angry at my doctor. I'm not going to even, you know, lie because I was like, I was just there a month ago. Yeah. If I would have did the mammogram, you know, could it, could it, have, well, it would have definitely been detected, 
But could it have just been stage one at that time? You know, with a month going by, you know, did it progress that quickly to stage two? So, you know, I was a little, you know, heartbroken over the fact that it wasn't caught a month before. But at the time, I just had to move on. So get back to Nashville. And um, because it's aggressive, they started chemo immediately. Um, within two weeks, I was getting my port put in and about a week or about a week after that, I was having chemo. So I did 12 rounds of chemotherapy. I did, after that, I had my lumpectomy surgery. And during the lumpectomy surgery, I don't know how much you want me to go into detail, but during the lumpectomy surgery, um, you know, they, uh, they took out some lymph nodes and that's when they kind of test to see how well the, you took, you know, you responded to the chemo and, you know, thanks be to God, um, my body took well to the chemo. And so from the lumpectomy surgery and, you know, taking those, um, those lymph nodes, they were able to tell that, you know, all the cancer was gone. So, you know, it was such a blessing. Um, and you know, such a relief. So after chemo lumpectomy, the standard treatment after that, for mo in most cases, is radiation. Um, and then I did 33 rounds of radiation, and the radiation was more so just to prevent the breast cancer from coming back. So to pretty much just burn off any other possible little tiny floating cells around. So I finished all of my treatments um, in 2017. My mom also finished all of her treatments um, around that time because we was both going through it together, um, which was kind of challenging because, you know, you have a mother-daughter relationship. You know, if somebody's going through something as traumatic as cancer, you want to be there for each other. So I would have definitely been there for my mom helping her to chemo and vice versa but we couldn't because we was both going at the same time so um but thanks be to god we both finished and that was about you know five years ago so we're both still in remission um and you know things have been going really good and i'm just i'm just grateful i'm just really thankful and grateful to god that we um we survived and you know we're still cancer free Definitely. Thank you for sharing. That is an incredible story. And um, just to give a little bit of context to our listeners, because you mentioned a few things along the way. Um, generally speaking, we do start screening at age 40. All right. Um, unless a few um, things, a few caveats. So if you have somebody in your family, right, who's had breast cancer before, we usually start screening about 10 years prior to diagnosis which of course wouldn't apply to you in this particular situation because your mother was older. Um, or if you have a known you know, history of one of the genetic disorders that puts you at an early disposition. And so, um, you know, and when you were talking about going to your doctor, yes, on a uh, baseline, you don't seem to be a high risk person, um, but I want to commend you for advocating for yourself and not dismissing what you were feeling and what you noticed and going back and um, making sure that you have the proper follow-up and kind of going through that. And then um, the next thing I was going to just respond to is with the chemotherapy. So um, for those listening, sometimes when you're going through this process, you wonder what's going to happen first. Are you going to have surgery first? Do you have chemo first? Do you have radiation first? Not everybody needs all three. 
Some people just need one or the other or two of the three. Um, often you get chemotherapy first because that actually shrinks the size of the lump before they do the surgery to remove it. And like you said, the radiation kind of gets whatever little bit that they couldn't get from between the surgery and the chemo to try to um, decrease your chance of it coming back or recurrence as much as possible. Um, so it sounds like, you know, you had the, the, the whole, um, all the, the avenues <laughs> to try to decrease uh, the chances it's, of it coming back. And then I'm also glad you talked about lymph nodes because we talk about that a lot too. So that helps us figure out if it's spread, how far it's spread and gives us a, um, a better idea of what we call staging. And then that um, helps us to dictate how aggressive we need to be with the treatment. Um, and we know just in general, you know, in this country, especially, black and brown women are at a higher risk of breast cancer, right? And a higher risk of getting it diagnosed at a later stage. And because of that, at a higher risk of having adverse outcomes. Um, so again, I'm so happy that you were a self-advocate, but we know that there are a lot of women who um, are not prepared to advocate for themselves or don't have the resources to advocate for themselves. So it's one thing to say, I think something's wrong. I want to do something about it. And it's another to know what to do about it and have the access to do something about it once you get there. Um, so with that, tell us a little bit about why you decided to share this so publicly um, and, and, and document your journey, you know, in real time uh, on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, when, uh, when I was, once I got the news, um, immediately once I got the news in Florida, on our way back, I was talking to my husband in the car as we're traveling back to Tennessee. And um, this was kind of a discussion that we had had before just about, you know, I wonder why in our culture, in African-American community, there's so many topics that are like taboo that we don't wanna talk about, even though it's, it's going on in our families and we just, you know, it's kind of like, you know, don't you talk about that outside the house or don't you tell our business, you know? And under, right. you know, of course there are certain things that are just like too private, but there's some things that man, it could really benefit or help, you know, other people, especially when it comes to health, because when you go to the doctor, they ask you about your family history Indeed. and that's very important. So if you don't know that your auntie or your uncle had prostate or your auntie had breast, then you can't say anything. So, um, you know, we, you know, I, I started thinking about who I could number one, talk to to kind of, you know, you know, get some comfort and advice that was younger. Cause of course we always hear about, you know, older women getting breast cancer. And I couldn't think of anybody, Mary. I was like, I don't know who I could call this younger, knowing that it had to have been somebody yes, <laughs> in my, you know, you know, either college, high, somebody that I knew, but of course nobody had ever shared it. So, um, so I said to myself, I don't want anybody else, especially anybody that knows me, to have to go through something similar and not know who to talk to or who to go to and they're getting breast cancer in their thirties and forties. Um, you know, I just felt like, you know, we should as a community talk more about certain topics and not keep it to ourselves. It shouldn't be taboo to say, oh, I don't want nobody to know I got cancer. I don't want to look sick and all of that kind of stuff. 
So I decided at that very moment that I was going to share, I didn't have a YouTube channel at the time. So, but I like doing videos. And so I said, I think I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm just going to document and share my journey on YouTube. That way anybody can see it. My family, my friends and people I don't know. So I literally, my first video is literally me telling people the world (laughs) that I had breast cancer and that I was going to share the journey for anybody who needed to see it. And man, that really just changed everything. I got so many messages from just people all across the country that I had did not even know. And it was women who were going through breast cancer who saying, who was telling me, man, watching you go through it has really helped and educated me. And then it was women, it was people who didn't even have breast cancer, but they were going through something else that was major in their life. And just to see somebody to be able to go through something that's devastating and come out on the other side, it was giving them hope. And I mean, some of the messages I was just crying, reading, it was just really, um, it was just really awesome. So that is the reason why I decided to share it. And another reason, Mary, is because oftentimes um, people think that cancer can't happen to them if it doesn't run in their family. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the big statistics in breast cancer is that it only falls like within 15% of the people have it in their family. Right, exactly. The rest of the 85%, it doesn't even run in their family. So you can still get it. And so that was another reason why I wanted to bring more awareness to it. Thank you. Yeah, you when you were saying that, it reminds me of my mother saying, what happens in this house stays in this house. And it is definitely a sentiment <laughs> that, right, that you, you don't go tell all the business to the streets. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, in that, and to your point, like some things do need to remain private, but there are times when that does disservice us as a community by not sharing, by not understanding what's going on, people feeling isolated and vulnerable um, and not having that support network. So I do really appreciate um, you being willing to share, share your journey and giving comfort um, and just validation to so many women out there. Um, one other thing I would like to ask um, is, so you're currently pregnant. And so this was kind of happened in between the or after the last pregnancy. So can you share a little bit how you felt about approaching um, a new pregnancy and thinking about breastfeeding and, and all of that? Sure. Nervous. Yeah, <laughs> I can imagine. Super nervous. Um, you know, me and my husband went back and forth so many times of whether to do it because of the breast cancer. And because I found out I had breast cancer last time, right after my pregnancy, and my doctors actually said there was a chance that I I had it while I was pregnant. They said, based off of the stage and everything, chances are you had it while you was pregnant. Um, And it just got, you know, progressively more, more bigger, more prominent after you had the baby. So took that in consideration. um, And I also took that in consideration that a lot of breast cancers um, are fueled by, you know, certain hormones in your body like estrogen. And so I had to take that in consideration. So, you know, just prayer. um, But as far as how I felt, definitely nervous. One thing that kind of reassured, two things that reassured me, um, 
was number one, my breast cancer was triple negative. So it, you know, it wasn't fueled by, you know, estrogen, progesterone, um, you know, those natural hormones in our body. Um, so that kind of gave, even though my oncologist was like, hey, we still gonna have to watch it. Exactly. Um, you know, that, that kind of gave me some reassurance. And then the second thing was that I took the breast cancer um, genetic test, the BRCA test, and uh, mine came back negative as far as it being like a genetic mutation or anything like that. So those two things kind of helped. I'm still, you know, a little bit nervous, but, you know, I just have a lot of faith um, that everything's going to be okay. And we just, we just, you know, really wanted more kids. Um, you know, that's not the norm now. Everybody's like, you know, two and done, but <laughs> uh, one and a half, but no, um, yeah, we just wanted more kids. So, you know, we're just praying. So far, everything has went well. Um, I can't get some of the tests that I usually get when, um, uh, that I usually get twice a year, like my um, MRI with contrast and stuff like that. Um, they're not even doing mammograms just as an extra precaution. Um, so, you know, that is a concern. Yeah. But um, so far, everything's been going good. Um, and so I, I have one more question, but before we wrap up, um, tell us for people who want to follow your journey or, or go back and see your journey in, um, from before, how can they find you on social media? I don't want to forget. So I was like, let me ask you now. <laughs> sure. Um, so my entire journey is documented on YouTube. Um, you can find me on YouTube at Marsha Eileen. Eileen is spelled E-I-L-E-E-N, so just Marsha Eileen, and you can go back and search, and you'll see the um, breast cancer videos on there, um, and that's where, yeah, that's where my entire journey is documented, Okay. Perfect. and then if you just want to look at what I'm doing now, which is mostly food, <laughs> um, that's on there too. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Um, just want to make sure we get get that in there because I'm I'm sure some of our uh, followers will want to go back and get more information. And just as as we close, how I uh, I usually close this is um, to ask my guests what they're looking forward to. So you know, for the past you know 18 months, most of our conversations have focused a lot about COVID and kind of the changing landscape of the country, and so many things have happened. Um, you know, outside of our normal everyday struggles in this past 18 months. Um, but, you know, thinking about going forward, what are you optimistic about um, uh, looking forward to um, in the future? Just in general? Just in general. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, for me, uh, you know, off subject of breast cancer, what I'm looking forward to is um, more stability, um, you know, things have been really hectic for me for the past two years, um, because separately outside of breast cancer, my, my daughter that I had, you know, right after I was, um, or, you know, right before I got diagnosed, she was, um, just recently diagnosed with autism. And so that has been like just this huge journey. And, you know, I thought breast cancer was hard. <laughs> But, you know, raising a kid with special needs is even harder. 
So I'm just, you know, looking forward to, you know, things getting better with my daughter, you know, with her therapies and everything. And then things kind of settling from there because um, things are really busy right now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, just good health for me, for my entire family, you know, uh, my daughter getting, um, getting better with her, you know, therapies and everything. And um, yeah, you know, it's hard to want things when you, after you go through something like cancer, you just want to live, right? So just good health for me and my family, honestly, yeah. I like it. I think um, we are often reminded that life comes at you fast um, Mm -hmm. and you have to be as prepared and react as appropriately as you can in a time. And I think what you have reminded us again and again is, yes, this happened and what do I do now? Um, and, you know, reaching out, getting follow-up treatment, you know, with your daughter, getting enrolled in therapy as early as possible. These are things that you can do um, to mitigate as many adverse outcomes as you can. Um, and again, I, I just champion you for sharing your story so openly so that others can learn from it um, and be able to you know, go through their journey with a little bit more comfort and validation because you've shared so openly. So I really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you so much for being a a guest with us. Uh, And for you listening, go and check out Marsha and Marsha Eileen on YouTube. And we will look forward. um, I'm sure we'll be learning something else from you uh, in the near future. So thank you so much. Thank you.